0: The level of intensity of labor and delivery followed by the euphoria of once the baby comes out is just an experience that you cannot have outside of labor and delivery. And and I feel like this whole process and experience, I just felt like I was living out God's design for labor and delivery.
1: Hi, I'm Danielle. Welcome to the Birth Journeys podcast. It is my belief our birth journey has a lasting impact that goes far beyond delivery. It is my hope that through these stories, you would find the insight, tools, and the courage to go on and have your own positive and empowering birth journey. Just as a reminder, any information you hear on this podcast is meant to inform and encourage you on your birth journey and not intended to replace advice from your medical professional. Everyone, welcome to the Birth Journeys podcast. I'm so excited to have you all here today to listen to our stories. Um, Today we have Whitney on the podcast, and she's going to share her two births with us. And I'm so excited to hear everything that she has to share with us. Hey, Whitney, I'm so excited you're here. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Mm -hmm. So, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: Sure. So uh, my name is Whitney Douglas. I live with my family in Richmond, Texas, a suburb of Houston. Um, We are growing accustomed to city life and um, soon we're going to be moving to Seguin, Texas, which is a couple hours down the road um, with a little bit of land and, and some more space. So we're looking forward
1: to that. Mm, That sounds nice. Mm -hmm. I love lots of land. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So why don't you tell me a little bit um, about how your birth journey started? Did you always want to be a mom or what did that look like for you in your life?
0: Mm -hmm. I did. I always wanted to build a family. I suffered with endometriosis for much of my late teens and early adulthood. Um, I had four different surgeries to try and and get some relief on the pain that that was causing and kind of all along was forewarned by OBGYNs that I may have trouble with fertility and just to be cognizant of that and aware that that may be something that I face. So right before Denny, my husband and I got married, I had a final fourth um, surgery with an endometriosis specialist here in Houston, Dr. Mangel. He is phenomenal um, and <clears throat> he really has his work cut out for him. He had a very successful surgery. He told me if I were able to get pregnant in the next several months that I had a really high chance. And, um, beyond that time I may struggle again. So Denny and I got married in June. We started trying right away, thinking that we may encounter trouble. We didn't know how long it was going to take. And we got pregnant on the first try. Oh, awesome. (laughs) And so that was just a huge shock and huge blessing. And Mm -hmm. um, we were just overjoyed. So I had a difficult pregnancy with River, um, high blood pressure, gestational diabetes, concern for preeclampsia, And, but my pregnancy was managed really well from my OBGYN at the time, Dr. Kristen Brigger at um, the Complete Women's Care Center in Houston. She did a great job. Um, I, you know, trusted her fully on the day that I went into labor with river. I was 36 weeks pregnant and I had felt that I was going to go into labor soon. And I didn't know, I didn't have any signs or symptoms that I could really articulate. I just Mm -hmm. had a hunch Mm -hmm. and I kept telling Denny, Denny, I think I'm in labor or I'm going to be in labor. I don't know. And he's like, well, I think you would know if you were. So <laughs> calm it down, you know? Um, and that went on for a couple of days. And then finally um, my dad had guessed that river would be born on Easter Sunday and Easter Sunday came and went, we ate supper and <clears throat> kind of lay down on the couch to relax. And about seven o'clock at night, all of a sudden, I felt like it was go time. I stood up, my water broke, um, and contractions picked up really quickly. I knew that I wanted to try and do, um, labor and delivery all natural, but I certainly wasn't against any kind of intervention. I just wanted to give it my best college try out of the gate and see how far I can make it. Mm. So I took my time at home thinking this was going to be, you know, several hours worth of a process, tried to get in the shower, but quickly realized that man, I have to stop and breathe each time I have a contraction. Um, and this is really painful. And I was like, man, Whitney, you are a weenie. You're definitely going to need an epidural. <laughs> like the second you get there. Aww. And so we jumped in the car and we were about an hour and a half away from the hospital we oh, were wow. in downtown Houston. Yes. That's but thank a long goodness drive. It, was, <laughs> it was, but we shaved off a lot of time because it was Easter Sunday in the evening in mm. the height of the pandemic. Oh, perfect. Yeah. April 12th, 2020. And so Denny jumps in the car and he's kind of taking it slow, calling our family, getting a playlist ready to go. And I'm like, Hey babe, I think you need to drive faster. Like this is pretty intense, like step on it. And so he kicked it into high gear. And you know, about the time we pulled into the parking lot, I was telling him, I need to push, I need to push. We get into the hospital and people are trying to stop me and COVID test me and everything. And I'm like, nobody touched me. I am literally having a baby in this moment. Mm -hmm. And the nursing staff is like, fill out this paperwork. And I was telling them, I cannot (laughs) fill out any paperwork. I need you to check Uh... me because... We're having a baby.
1: And don't you so love how they um, they try to like have you do all this stuff when you're like in yes. the throes of labor. It's so crazy. <laughs> I know. Oh, goodness. So she
0: check, finally checked me and she's like, oh, you're right. You are having a baby. She punched a couple of buttons on her little on-call phone. And um, the nursing team kind of like ants from an ant mouth just descended upon me took over. Um, there was one nurse in particular, we call her nurse, Megan. She was phenomenal. Looked at me straight in the eyes, looked at straight in the eyes. And she's like, okay, it's go time. We've all got it under control. You just do your thing. Um, they had wanted to wait for a doctor to get there, but it was going to take about 15 minutes. And the intern who came in to, to try and oversee things until the doctor got there was like, just wait, just wait. And I'm looking at the nurses like, there is no waiting. We're not waiting. <laughs> and they're like, no, we're not. Oh so then, my goodness. They told Denny grab a leg. And I don't know, three pushes later, River was born mm. and everything was healthy. He was healthy even at 36 weeks. Um, his breathing was great for me. The moment he was born, um, I kind of went just into full body shock. Mm. I had, I felt no emotion. I felt none of the warm and fuzzies that you see in the movies. And I think it was just such a shock to me that everything happened so quickly. It was less than an hour and a half from first contraction, water breaking to baby in my arms.
1: Wow. That's great. And you made it to the hospital, like that fast. Just <laughs> barely. Oh my yes, goodness. Just barely. So you just labored in the car, basically the whole, that was your labor. <laughs> <laughs> right. Wow. And, yeah. River was born 12
0: minutes after we walked in the door. Of wow. Alaska.
1: Yeah. That's so fast, so, especially for a first labor. Um, usually, you know, yes. first ones can be days. <laughs> yes. Wow.
0: And so I learned that there's a term for this. It's <clears throat> called precipitous labor. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't know that I was going to have it. My mom and my maternal grandmother both had relatively quick labors. Uh, but nothing as fast as I had. And so it was just a shock to the system. You know, your body goes from zero to the throes of labor and transition in a very short amount of time. And it was very, um, was just a lot to process. Yeah. I so bet. they laid the baby on my chest and, um, I started thinking to myself, I think this is the point in which I'm supposed to be really happy and feel something. But I don't feel anything. Um, About that time, the doctor finally arrived. She noticed that I had a tear and needed to be stitched back up. But she didn't realize that I had not had an epidural. So she started her work without any kind of numbing medicine and realized, you know, a little ways into it that she needed to administer some local anesthesia. So we got that taken care of. Um, And as soon as she was finished, I felt like a million bucks you know, immediately my blood pressure returned to normal. That concern was, had gone away. I told the nurse, I need to use the restroom. She's like, go ahead, jump up off the table. I'm able to go to the bathroom by myself. And, um, it was great. So recovery was just super easy for me having done it all naturally. And, um, it was really a good experience aside from, you know, just the, the scariness of how quickly it happened. And Mm -hmm. once that kind of wore off, I was able to bond with River and bond with the baby and, and start to get those warm and fuzzies and feel some of that connection to him, which
1: was really nice. Mm -hmm. So were you able to breastfeed or how did you choose to feed
0: him? Yep. I did breastfeed and I learned very quickly. I know the name for it now, but I did not know the name for it Um, with river and that is any time that he would nurse or in it, and it would happen when he would nurse, but even more so when I would pump that, um, I would have immediately, like as soon as my milk would let down a feeling of dread, a pit in my stomach, I felt like the world was ending or that I had just received the worst news of my life or nausea, food aversion, just a really strong, what I called at the time aversion to nursing. And I didn't know why, because when I thought about it afterwards, I'm like, I don't hate nursing. I enjoy it. Why do I get this like immediate feeling? Um, so I weaned him when he was eight weeks old, I want to say, and switched him to formula. Um, and I know now that there's a medical term for this scenario and it's called D M E R dysphoric Mm -hmm. milk ejection reflex. Mm -hmm. And I've had it with, with um, my second two, but knowing what it is has much more prepared me better prepared me yeah. to manage yeah. it yeah
1: yeah. i actually had that with um well my girls i had it really bad um and i didn't know until my uh, second baby that it was a thing and with my first yeah. daughter I, you know i had that that same experience where every time she would latch and as soon as I had my letdown, like right before, it was just that yeah, that intense feeling of like doom and gloom and just like horrible, yes. yucky, you know? And um I, I I did relate it to nursing because I noticed it was every time I was about to have a letdown. But the same thing, mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't know there was a term for it or or anything until my second baby. And I think then I started Googling and I was like, what yes. is this craziness? And yeah, uh-huh. it's totally a thing. It's, it's, yeah. yeah.
0: I've never met anyone else that's
1: experienced it. So I'm yeah, in yep.
0: spirits here.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I, I know that there is, I, I can't remember right now off the top of my head, but I do have a friend who I believe she had it as well. And she, like, talked to a midwife, she's like, there has to be something to like cure this. Like, this is so crazy. And there was, there was like a whole list of vitamins that you can take, like that is supposed to help. And she said that it really helped. But of course, off the top of my head, I can't remember what they were specifically, but there is something out there that you can do to help the issue. (laughs) I, yeah, I haven't done it myself because with my third baby, I had it very, very minor. Like it wasn't nearly as bad as with my girls. So I didn't really bother like trying to fix it or anything.
0: Um, the second go round with Delta grace, I had discussed it with my midwife as well. And she did make some recommendations too on, um, you know, some things that I could try and I just felt like I had a pretty good handle on it without any intervention this time, since I knew that there was a name, yeah. I knew it was temporary and I knew I wasn't crazy.
1: Yeah, no, so, definitely. You're not crazy. <laughs> uh, do you remember <laughs> just off the top of your head, any of the things that she had shared with you or <sighs> off the top
0: of my head? I don't. And she okay. would kick my
1: tail to hear me <laughs> say that, but I can look them up and no, it's share okay. them afterwards. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Awesome. So, um, did you end up weaning because of the DMER or, um, was it a different? Okay. So it was that
0: Mm -hmm. I had gone back to work and so I was needing to pump and anytime I would even like get the pump anywhere near me, it was, I would get that horrible feeling. And I, I thought, you know, something's wrong with me. I'm having postpartum depression, or something. I didn't, I just knew something was wrong and Mm. it was causing a lot of problems. So I thought I'll just wean and put him on formula and maybe that will help. Um, and of course, you know, weaning does the trick.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh All of that went away. And looking back, I wish I would have researched it more. And I did mention it to my provider at the time. And I don't know if she just wasn't aware of DMER or if she didn't connect the dots, but she she just basically said, oh, that's weird, you know, and kind of wrote it off. Oh, wow. So I thought it was a personal problem. And, oh. um, and so I, I regret that decision, but, you know, I know a lot more now. And so we've had a much more
1: successful journey this go round. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, from what I know, it, it is really rare. Um, cause I, I mean, I maybe only know a couple other people that have experienced the same thing, but that's really interesting that your provider like didn't have any insight for you, um, over that weird phenomenon. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: And mm-hmm. looking back, maybe I didn't speak loudly enough about it or be enough of a strong advocate that, you know, something is not right. Mm. Um, and I wish that I would have done that cause I think I would have had a different
1: result. Mm. So I take some of the accountability for that for sure. Mm. So other than, um, that issue, did you have any other, sort of like postpartum depression or anxiety, or were you just in a good mental state after, after that birth?
0: I was pretty good. I was pretty good. It was difficult. My husband works out of town. And so when River was three weeks old, he left to go back to work. And so, you know, I was just in the loneliness of the middle of the night feedings and that kind mm. of thing, which can be difficult on anybody. And yeah. that combined with the DMER made it tough, but I wouldn't say that I had any um, overarching postpartum anxieties or depression. That's good. Um, and I, I had a little bit of baby blues that first week, especially around day seven, eight, nine postpartum about the time your milk comes in.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But, um, but that was resolved really quickly afterwards.
1: Good. It's it's a blessing when you can have a baby and have a clear head afterwards. Yes. Yeah. That's, yes. 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 It's awesome. So, how long before you decided to get pregnant with your next baby? So we were quick on the trail
0: again. Um, <laughs> when River was eight months old, we decided let's go ahead and start trying in case it takes a while. You know, we want them to be close in age. We are getting older. I was 34 at the time. And so we decided to try again when River turned eight months old. And lo and behold, first try again, (laughs) we got pregnant with Delta Grace. And Mm. it was interesting because I remember awaking in the middle of the night on Christmas Eve, and I heard the voice of the Lord tell me you are pregnant and it is a girl. Oh, wow. And this was long before I had any kind of positive pregnancy test or anything. I just, it was audible. Mm. It was wow. That gives me chills. <laughs> That's yes. so cool. It was just like, I knew, I knew I was pregnant. I knew it was a girl and I heard it that information come to me audibly. I just knew in my soul and I just felt the light turn on. I felt her soul bestowed upon her is the only way I know how to describe it. I felt Mm -hmm. her light turn on and I woke up the next morning. I told Denny I'm pregnant. It's a girl. And he's like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. You know,
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah.
0: He's like, what are you talking about? So I took some of those cheapy pregnancy tests, you know, from Amazon or the dollar store, whatever. And I could swear that they were positive. I showed him, he's like, Mm, I don't really see the line I showed my mom she's like uh-huh yeah there's a line uh-huh <laughs> like <laughs> sure baby whatever you say um, and but I just knew and I said I'm I know y'all are all gonna be wrong so day after day more pregnancy tests more pregnancy tests I would swear there was a second line and then finally um, on New Year's Day, I took one of the digital tests that like, you know, gives you the flashing light, like pregnant, pregnant, pregnant. And I'm like, see, I told y'all.
1: <laughs> oh, you say so you proved them all wrong. <laughs> yes. um, quickly, before um, you lead into this pregnancy, um, yeah. in between your um, pregnancies, did you have any more issues with the endometriosis or was was it still fine from when you had that last surgery?
0: I had no issues at all.
1: Mm. Yeah. Cause and I've heard,
0: I felt it come back.
1: Oh, awesome. Yeah. Because they usually say that it can kind of clear up with pregnancy as well. Is that right? Or mm-hmm. okay. That has been a long time, um,
0: impression. A lot of people say that and think that a lot of providers say that mm. the only thing, the, the only piece of information I ever heard, um, in contrast to that came from my surgeon, Dr. Mangel. And he said, you know, that information is out there in his practice. He did not see that, um, happen very often. He said that he actually does see it come back and it can come back mm-hmm. for me. It didn't, I think, um, for whatever reason, I, I never felt an endometriosis pain or pain or symptom. Oh, ever awesome. again.
1: That that's awesome.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So how was um, your second pregnancy?
0: It was night and day different. I felt healthy the whole time. I never had any morning sickness. Whereas with river, mm-hmm. I had extreme more. I mean, like I was sick from the time I opened my eyes in the morning till they closed at night with this pregnancy. Absolutely. No morning sickness. I think I had 24 hours of light nausea and that was it. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to the OBGYN to confirm the pregnancy and started under her care again. And, I just started sharing my heart about how nervous I was about how quickly a second labor and delivery may go. And would I be able to make it to the hospital? Would I know the signs and symptoms Would I know I was in labor and could I make it there safely to deliver in a hospital? And I just, as I progressed through the pregnancy, I just did not feel confident that I could. Mm. So I, started talking to girlfriends and talking around to my community. I was introduced to a doula that lives in my neighborhood named Joan Wang. She's phenomenal through my conversations with her. She started um, teaching me and educating me about midwifery and what out of hospital births can look like and can be. We're very fortunate in Houston that we have um, a birth center called the Katie birth center out in Katie, which is West of town. And they are staffed with teams of midwives and <clears throat> they, um, they've been in business for a long time. They know what they're doing. Very professional. And basically my decision came down to, I wanted someone with a birthing professional with experience in close proximity to me at all mm, times. Yeah. And so though I'd never had a bad experience with an OBGYN, I felt like there was more to, there was something else out there. There was more for me out there. So I met with a Katie birth center and specifically Melissa Bates, my midwife, her uh, midwifery company is called radiant beginnings. And I, I knew that that was going to be the right choice for this pregnancy. It was a very healthy pregnancy. Um, absolutely no high blood pressure, no gestational diabetes no nausea, no indications that, um, we would ever need any intervention. So I felt confident that it was going to be a good choice for us. And, and it really ended up that way.
1: Awesome. So did you, did you do anything different, like diet wise or anything that you think contributed to, uh, like feeling healthier this second pregnancy, or do you think it was just the pregnancy? Like, was there anything different that you had done? Mm -hmm.
0: I think it's both. Through midwifery care, um, uh, there's a, a lot of emphasis and time and energy spent towards talking about diet and exercise mm-hmm. and a holistic approach to pregnancy and to mom's health. Whereas in you know traditional Western medicine, it's a lot of let's do a test and let's intervene. Let's do a test. Let's intervene. But there was very mm-hmm. little conversation about um, healthy eating and and options for homeopathy and what kinds of things can we take that are nature-based that can help us um, lead to a successful pregnancy and delivery. And so I really appreciated that. I spent a lot more time making sure I was active during the day, watching what I was eating, making sure, you know, I was getting enough vegetables and fruits and making sure that my supplements were up to speed, Um, you know, taking alfalfa, taking DHA, things like that, that, that are known to, improve pregnancy outcomes.
1: Hmm. Awesome. I think it's so interesting because there's always that like old wives tale out there that says you're more sick with the, with girls and less sick with boys, which is funny because it was complete opposite for you. (laughs)
0: Total opposite, total
1: opposite. (laughs) Awesome. So is there anything else you want to share regarding your pregnancy or your prenatal care or anything like that?
0: you know, it was interesting seeing the differences and and having the pregnancy so close together really magnified how different, um, traditional Western medicine care was from my midwifery experience. You know, the appointments in midwifery lasted an hour or longer, a lot of in-depth conversation about spiritual, emotional, physical health. Mm. And so that was really interesting. Um, and, really helpful for me. And I, it it really helped me feel confident that I could labor and deliver, you know, in this way naturally again, but in a, in a out of hospital birth. And I also had full trust and faith in them that if they felt like intervention was needed, that they would not hesitate Mm, to transfer me to a hospital or to an OBGYN care. Mm.
1: So maybe you mentioned this and sorry if you already did, but so how far away was the birth center from your house then? Mm.
0: It's much closer, so it's about twenty five minutes okay. if you go the speed limit. <laughs> and the <laughs> night that we delivered, we got there in about fifteen. I'm so perfect. <laughs> much closer, Oh uh, yeah. Awesome. And we had so during that, I felt you know I felt like my midwife and her entire team really understood my concern about mm. how quickly my labor could go. So all along, we made a lot of plans and preparations. Um, we had a home birth kit up and ready to go in case I went into labor and felt like I couldn't make it to the birthing center. We would have everything at home ready. Um, I selected a doula who lived down the street from me so that even though she's not someone who's licensed to deliver babies, at least she has experience in caring for moms who are in labor. Mm-hmm. And that made me feel a lot more comfortable that. She could get to me in a heartbeat if she needed to.
1: Good for you um, to to really just take the bull by the horns and do all this planning <laughs> because, yes. you know, not every labor is the same. But, you know, knowing your history. Right. Yeah, that's really, really smart. <laughs> I'm
0: a planner. I'm like, we need plan A, B, and oh, C yeah.
1: <laughs> with the understanding that it might
0: not go any of those ways. And that's okay, too. But at least I've got something, you know. A chart I can follow. Or something. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So do you want to, so, um, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, so the pregnancy, um, was much easier, you know, on me physically, however, being seven, eight, nine months pregnant in the middle of a Texas summer with an 18 month old to chase around has its own challenges. And so I was really, really ready and excited to deliver this baby. Um, I was kind of on pins and needles because, you know, river was born at 36 weeks. And I, I thought maybe Delta grace would be born early too. Um, and I had like prodromal labor all the time. So every single day at three o'clock from the time I was 36 weeks, I would start having contractions and I would be like, okay, you know, this is the real deal. And then they would die off a couple minutes later. So mm-hmm. at 37 weeks, my midwife checked me, I was dilated, I think to a four at that time. And oh, wow. she's like, you know, just go home, keep doing your thing. I'd come back a week later. And then, um, so at like 38 and seven, 30, 38 and six, I guess it was 38 weeks and six days. Yeah. Um, I went back for another follow-up appointment and she's like, okay, you're at a six. And I'm like, I know I keep getting contractions. I can feel the dilation happening. I feel the baby super low. So she offered to strip my membranes and I took her up on the offer because I was just miserable. I was ready to get this show on the road. Um, the, the waiting was killing me and just, you know, stressed about how quickly is this going to happen?
1: Yeah, especially knowing with that knowledge too that you know you're already six centimeters. Yes. I'm sure that probably also added to the stress because you're over halfway there. I know already and you're not even in labor. I know. And I would
0: oh. kind of start labor every day, but it would not progress. And so it was already so different than how it happened with River that I was like, What is going on? So she stripped my membranes and she said you know, do you have any plans tonight? And I said, yeah, my plan is to have this baby. She's like, <laughs> perfect. She's like, go across the street to the mall, walk around, call me if anything happens. So we go to the mall and we walk, walk, walk. And I'm just super uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I feel the baby so low. I know I'm dilated, um, but the contractions don't really progress until I finally get back home. I put River to bed about seven, seven 30. And I sit down on the couch. And I feel a wave of a contraction and I'm like, yes, this is it. That's a good one. Mm. And then, you know, they stayed about seven minutes apart for about an hour. Um, and then I felt a pop, a really strong popping sensation. And I'm like, oh, that's gotta be my water breaking. I stand up, nothing happens. Oh. I'm like, what was that? And uh-huh. where is all the water? So I I never I, I don't know. I'm assuming that my water did break at that time, but maybe the baby was in a position where oh yeah she was blocking it from coming out. I don't know.
1: Yeah. That's so as interesting. Soon,
0: <laughs> as soon as it happened, contractions picked up intensity and speed. So they very quickly went from seven minutes to five minutes to four minutes. And as soon as I had, you know, the one at four minutes, I told Denny, let's go. I think we can make it to the burst Let's go. I text the midwife, I text the doula, and I'm like, it's go time. So we jump in the car, and in the short car ride, 15 minutes there, they went from four minutes to three minutes to two minutes to one minute apart. Uh, Very intense contractions. My midwife beat us to the birthing center. She had started filling up the birthing pool. So it was ready with warm water. I, um, got out of the car, shucked off my clothes and jumped into that birthing pool. And I labored in it for about, I don't know, 20 minutes, maybe. Um, at which time I kept asking the midwife, like, well, what do I do? You know, she's like, you just listen to your body. When you want to push, you push. When you don't want Mm -hmm. to, you don't sit however you want. Cause I was used to coming from a hospital where they'd tell you, right leg here, left leg here, don't push, mm-hmm. you know.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> a lot of instructions. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I really appreciated just the ability to to do my thing and listen mm-hmm. to my body and roll with it. And um at one point I remember my midwife saying, Okay, it sounds like you're ready to push. I hear in your voice grunting, I hear the tone of your voice has changed. So why don't you reach down and tell me if you can feel the baby's head? And I couldn't at that time, but she said, and I told her, I feel like I need to push. And she said, okay, go for it. I'm here. Um, She put my husband into position. She got into position and about four minutes later, three strong pushes and the baby was delivered into Denny's hands.
1: Mm. Oh, what a special experience for him to get to catch the baby.
0: Yes, it was really, mm-hmm. it was really beautiful. we were, we really lucked out. She came out, oh. um, very healthy. Everything was great.
1: Awesome. So how did you feel immediately after she came out? Did you have that same kind of shock experience or was it a different feeling this time?
0: It was totally different. Mm-hmm. I did not go into shock at all. I was fully present in my own body. Um, I felt that, you know, immediate euphoria and connection and bonding with her. Um, I attribute a lot of that to me, just not panicking and not freaking out that it was happening so fast. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I knew it was going to happen quickly. So I just stayed in my own body. I reminded myself that it's okay to feel the intensity of the contractions to not and try and escape that feeling. Cause a lot of times, you know, the rigor of labor gets so intense that you want to escape it and you try Mm -hmm. and move away from the pain or, or yell the pain out. But I just really, um, stayed in the moment and stayed focused on what we were doing and what our goal was. And that was super helpful. And it, and it helped me just to stay, um, focused and attentive and present.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. It's, I've heard that a lot that when, when you're filled with fear, that really causes you to, to tense up and it can just make things more painful. It can kind of keep things tense and more closed. And, you know, and then when you can be present and you can be in that mode of this is what's happening to me and you know, kind of, you know, welcoming the contractions and knowing like, okay, this is the good work and it's, you know getting my baby down to where it needs to be um that everything can i mean not some people have pain free births absolutely but um you know to embrace the pain as you know a good thing that it can just make all the difference in the world i noticed that myself with my third third baby i mean it was it was painful but my mindset was so different and i really had that thought of or that mindset of, I want to be present and I want to, um, you know, just be fully like involved in this whole process and not kind of let it happen to me, but let it happen with me. And, and, you know, just, you know, let it do its thing through me and be totally, yes, this is, this is awesome. (laughs) It makes such a difference. It
0: does. Our brains have so much power over our bodies and, I grew up a gymnast and gymnasts are known for injury and, you know, just kind of toughing it out moving through a lot of physical pain, you know, by nature of the sport. And I remember I had one gym coach tell me one time as a child, he said, "Pain it does not have to make or break you. It's just communication. It's just communication mm-hmm. from one part of your body to another." And I have held on to that um for a long time and that was really helpful in both labors just to know that pain is nothing more than communication. It's my cells and my neurons talking to each other. And, you know, it's, it's sensations that happen in my belly and in my pelvis that are just telling my brain that progress is happening and they don't have to mean anything more than that.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So did you have any tearing or anything with that birth?
0: None. And she was a full two pounds bigger than river. River was only six pounds (laughs) and Delta grace was seven pounds, 15 ounces. I, I attribute Mm -hmm. a lot of that to just, I was relaxed. I was in a tub of water and I delivered kind of, um, like kneeling on my knees and leaning over the side of the birth tub that felt the best to me in the moment. And I felt in control of my body in that position. Also the midwife, You know, they're just great at predicting what a mama might need next. And so she had come to me around the time of transition when I was ready to push with a warm rag. And she held that against me. um, And that counter pressure, I think, was really helpful in preventing me from tearing. I had a very small, like one degree tear um, up higher. and, And it did not need any kind of sutures or anything. I elected to
1: just let that heal on its own. So when you say that she um, did pressure with a worm rack, are you, do you mean on your perineum? Yes. Okay. All right.
0: Yep. And it was great. That that felt very, it felt really good. It, it made me feel very secure, you know, because when it comes time to actually push, you feel like, oh my goodness, what's about to happen? You know, and, or is my pelvis going to come apart? It's kind of what it feels like. And so that counter pressure from her um, just made me feel really good, really stable.
1: Mm, awesome. So how is your immediate postpartum? Um, you got to experience the euphoria and the birth high and all of that. Um, mm-hmm. How was breastfeeding and everything that time?
0: The immediate postpartum was great through midwifery care. They put me in a warm herbal bath.
1: Mm. which
0: felt so refreshing. They put Delta grace, the baby in with me and let her kind of float around Aww. in a warm healing herbal bath. And that was just so nice. You know, they were doing cleanup and paperwork and monitoring vitals and that sort of thing. And I just got to relax. Nobody was poking and prodding me. Oh. Um,
1: that sounds it was, so heavenly. It was, <laughs> it was,
0: it was, it was oh. so heavenly. And then when I was ready to get out, They helped me get out and I got to go lay on like a nice queen size comfy bed where they, you know, continued to monitor me, check me out for any tearing and that kind of thing. Um, And they had the baby right next to me the whole time Mm. while they did her kind of workup, you know? And so that was great. They would explain to me every single thing they were going to do before they did it and asked for my consent. And so that was nice because I felt like, you know, they were really treating her as if she were my baby and it was my choice. Mm. And that was not the experience I had in the hospital. And, and I didn't know that I could have that kind of experience. So it was great.
1: Yeah. I know. I, I always think that's just so unfortunate with, you know, in, in most hospitals, not all, but, um, that it's like you know okay like let's let's take the baby so we can do all all of our things and yes. you know let's bring it to the nursery and and all of this stuff and it's like oh th- those first moments of like bonding time are so important mm-hmm. um you know for mom and baby and you know you need that skin to skin and you know for hormones and yes. and all the good stuff to happen and the hospital can just be so um, intrusive in, in that process of, you know, bonding and Mm -hmm. all of that. It's, yeah, it's, that just sounds amazing to just be able to just really, um, like soak in that time. And, you know, it's so precious and you don't get those moments back.
0: It's so true. And I feel like this whole process and experience, especially the labor and delivery, I just felt like I was living out God's design for labor and delivery and not to say that, you know, when we have women who need C-sections or women who elect epidurals, all of that is great too. And that, I don't think that negates any of what the Lord has designed for us. Um, But for me, it's just the, the, the level of intensity of labor and delivery followed by the euphoria of once the baby comes out is just an experience that you cannot have outside of labor and delivery. There is no drug on the earth. There's no, you know, there's nothing else that can give you that breadth of emotion and breadth of physicality. And so um, for me, it was just a way that I feel a lot more in tune with God's design for labor and delivery and more in tune with, all of the women of our ancestry who have done it this way. And <clears throat> mm. it just really makes me feel like a more um, committed and more central part of community of humanity. Those minutes after Delta was born were really great. You know, we had a lot of skin to skin we got to just lay in the bed. She nursed when she was ready, she latched right away and that was great. Um, and then shortly after um, we were discharged and we got to go home to our own bed. So I left, we left our house at nine 15 at night. We went to the birth center, had the baby and we were back home by two 30 in the morning. Wow. (laughs) And it was phenomenal. I got to go into my own bed, you know, Mm. brush my teeth in my sink, shower in my shower. And the midwife came over the next day to do, you know, the 24 hour Postpartum checkup. And mm. so it was just great. You know, she was a, a welcome visitor in our home. And it, there's just something to be said about your provider caring for you while you're recovering in your own bed. Oh, <laughs> that yeah. is like luxury.
1: Oh. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And especially for a new mom, like, you know, that postpartum period, like, whether you had a great, you know, a great delivery with no issues or tearing or, Mm -hmm. or anything, but you still need to rest. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, mamas need to stay in bed (laughs) and it's like, you know, when, when you do, you know, have a baby in the hospital or whatever, you know, it's like, then you have to get up and you need to go Mm -hmm. to other appointments and, um, all of that stuff. And it's so intrusive to that postpartum period where you really just Mm -hmm. like, things, everybody should be coming to you. Right. (laughs) You know, that's just, that's what makes most sense. And it's crazy that we, we have it so backwards.
0: We do. You know, when I had River in the hospital, there are those moments when you're just, you feel like, okay, I can finally shut my eyes and get some sleep. And the moment you do Mm, somebody knocks uh, on the door
1: and it's like, uh, you know, man.
0: I think if, if anybody is a, finds themselves a good candidate for midwifery care, that, it really is a higher level of care. That's how it felt to me. Um, a higher level of care than I had experienced in the past. And I didn't have, I never had a bad experience. You know, I had a great experience before, and this was just
1: even better. So, yeah, I love that, that you didn't necessarily have, you know, a negative, um, you know, horrible experience in the hospital that you had, you know, a, a good experience, but then you even found an even better way. And I think that's, that's just such a testament to, you know, that there really is a better way (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you don't know unless, you know, you experience it. Absolutely. It's so
0: true. And, and it really is the best of both worlds because there's never, um, an instance in which, you know, you cannot seek out further intervention or further care or, um, you know, different ways of approaching a problem. You can always elect to do that even through midwifery care. And so I felt like it was the best of both worlds. It did not preclude me from, you know, I don't know, having a prescription to treat blood pressure if I needed it or, um, having additional ultrasounds if they suspected any kind of complication. Midwifery care did not preclude me from any of that. And so I felt like I
1: really had the best of both worlds. Yeah, sounds like it. So is there anything else that you want to share, um, from that postpartum experience or did you, feel like you just had another great recovery.
0: It was, um, it was another great recovery. I, <clears throat> I felt really healthy right away. Physically. I felt very good. Um, the, I did experience the DMER. I'm not sure if they're calling it DEMER or DMER. What's the best way? Oh, yeah. Saying I'm it? not
1: sure. I always said DMER because mm-hmm. that, it, it's, it's an acronym. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I think, I think that's what it is. Um, I, didn't have it at first. It wasn't until my milk like fully came in. Um, and I started having the letdowns that it kicked in and it got, it got progressively worse over the first four or five weeks, Mm -hmm. um, that I had her, but I was committed to sticking it out. I had a goal of making it to four months of breastfeeding and, you know, we've, we've far and exceeded that. And so I just knew I knew every time I was going to have a letdown, it was going to happen and I was going to feel really bad for about a minute and a half. But Mm -hmm. then after that I'd be better. So if I, I just told myself, you know, there's a scientific reason why this is happening, it will only happen for a certain amount of time and then you'll be back to normal. And so that approach was helpful and, um, we made it. So
1: awesome. Yeah. It can, it can make such a difference when, I mean, I know we talked about the mental, preparation of birth, but also with this situation, having that mental preparation of like, you know, you experienced before you knew it was related to your letdown and being able to kind of pep your pep talk yourself into like, okay, you know, it's just for a minute. Like it's going to be okay. It's going to be over. Um, yeah. So that's, that's a lot like really good that you can, um, kind of give yourself that that's okay. like psych yourself up for that moment. Absolutely. Mm. <laughs> well, is there anything else that you want to want to share or um that we maybe you forgot or anything?
0: I'm sure I'll think of something as soon as we <laughs> hang up and I'll be like calling you back like, Danielle, yeah, I forgot this. <laughs> mm, yeah. But um no, I just think that, you know, that everybody can choose whichever mm. option is best for them, but just to know that there are options. And I never knew that, um, you know, before my second pregnancy, I thought everybody just had to do it the same way. And I didn't realize that we have choices out there. And so I just want to encourage anybody who's pregnant or considering having children that you've got options, check them out, feel it out, go with your gut on which one's going to be best for you and your family and, and Mm -hmm. enjoy the ride.
1: Yeah. That's one of the reasons why I want you know, I'm doing this is so that people do know that there are other options out there. You know, it's, it's so ingrained in us that, you know, there is, you know, we just do it this one way. And there's a lot of fear, um, in exploring other options, like even for myself, I always was like, Oh my gosh. Like people have babies at home. Like that is insane. Like Mm -hmm. I can't believe anyone would ever (laughs) do that. (laughs) I said the same thing. I said the same thing. Now I'm like all about it. I'm like, I'm having my next baby at home. I can't wait. Uh, Yeah. There's just, there's just something so special and amazing and powerful. Um, To mother-led birth and, you know, really like you, you mentioned trusting God's design for our bodies and, you know, we were created to do this and Mm -hmm. like, it's, it's just, it can just be such a beautiful, powerful experience. And I just, I just really want to normalize that and, and really just like stop with the fear, you know? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You know, we are, we have generations and generations
0: of an entire planet of women who have been able to do this. And so in our current time in the year 2020 in the United States of America, we can still do it that way. And, um, it's, it's natural and it's healthy and it's a natural part of life and we can do it. You know, we've become so accustomed to comfort and the comfortability of life, that we're so afraid of any kind of discomfort and labor is, you know, the main thing that is known to be uncomfortable. Um, but it just, that's okay. It's okay to be, have the intensity of labor pains. It's okay to have discomfort for the hours in which you labor and deliver. And on the other side of that, you know, you come out feeling like a lioness, Mm -hmm. like you have a new sense of power bestowed on you that you feel like you can tackle anything that this earth has to offer you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. So is there any, um, resources or anything that you kind of did to, to prepare yourself for either your first or second labor, um, like any books or anything that you felt really helped you prepare for, for giving birth?
0: I studied hypnobirthing a little bit, um, and used some of those techniques that was helpful, there's also a book, and I'll probably misquote the title. We may have to look it up and make sure that we can cite it properly. But it's called Supernatural Childbirth. Or um, familiar with that one? I read that. That was great. Um, and those were the the two things that I really relied on.
1: So did you feel like with having precipitous labors, um, you did say that you used some of the hypnobirthing techniques? So okay. even with how fast it was, you felt like you were able to kind of zone into that and and do some mm-hmm. of those. Awesome.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, I think that's really what was helpful the most is just being able to, you know, utilize those, um, those techniques and those tricks and tools to get you through each contraction. And even though it all happened so quickly, I mean, it's still a very in- intense process for lack of a better word. I know I say it a lot, but.
1: Yeah. I think I've actually heard that precipitous labors can be more intense than, Mm -hmm. you know, a long 36 hour labor.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I believe that it's like, you know, hitting a brick wall at a hundred miles an hour Mm because it's, it, it it, it, it takes a toll on your body for sure. And on your mind. Yeah.
1: Wow. Awesome. Well, if there's, do you have anything else that you want to want to share or that's come, you've shared such awesome, awesome things so far, but if there's anything else,
0: (laughs) yeah, no, I think that's it.
1: I think that's it, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your stories. They were, they were a delight to hear. (laughs) Um, I just love that your evolution from, you know, the hospital birth to the birth center. I, I know I already said this before, but that it wasn't necessarily a bad negative experience but it was just, you know, you knew that that you needed something else for yourself Uh and good for you because that's one other of the reasons Uh that, you know, I want mamas to know that they can really explore options and advocate for themselves and know that, um, if that's something that you're worried about, like there's totally other options. Like you don't just, you know, have to, to keep going back to to something that you know might have been you know you were really worried about that's a that's a long drive right <laughs> with yeah. that yeah
0: yeah i just knew that um you know all things considered i was going to have a healthy pregnancy you know lord willing mm-hmm. and so i just knew that i needed to address what was what was causing me fear and what was causing me anxiety about it and my way of addressing that was just choosing a different option so people have anxieties and fears about a variety of things and and if you don't find an answer that suits you in in one environment, look for a different environment, look for a different provider, you know, find something that can make you have the experience that you want to have.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's, that is the advice that is gold. <laughs> find what works best for you to really make you feel comfortable mm-hmm. and safe. Because if you don't feel comfortable and safe in labor, then... right yeah (laughs) it's just not going to be probably the greatest experience exactly exactly Mm -hmm. well thanks again so much for for coming on and sharing your stories and I can't wait for other mamas to hear this and they're going to be be encouraged
0: (laughs) thank you I hope so and um I just look forward to you know hearing other stories as they come out on your podcast you've Mm -hmm. done such a beautiful job and I really appreciate you having me here Mm -hmm. thank you so much
1: Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you were encouraged in some way through this story. As a reminder, please rate and review our podcast, and you can connect with us on social media at Birth Journeys Podcast. For more information or to share your own story, please visit birthjourneyspodcast.com and fill out the brief questionnaire. See you next time.